Welcome, David here. Uh, welcome to the Sunday morning uh, service in God Said, Let There Be Light. And we just said, let there be light. And there you go. God said, let there be light. I hope everybody's good this morning. Um, hey, there's Pastor Lee. Good to see you. Um, all right. Uh, it's good to have you guys. Uh, we are uh, on several platforms here. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, David Heavener uh, Live and um, uh, DavidHeavener.tv. Uh, thank you guys for being uh, subscribers. If you're not subscribers, go to DavidHeavener.tv and subscribe. Uh, so what we're going to do, like we do every Sunday morning, is it's just like a church. We're going to wait for people to to uh, come in and to uh, uh, you know come in off the street, like we talk about. You know, every soul, uh, Shanita, is important. You know, it's like, and I take it serious. Whenever the gospel is spoken and God uh, gives us a chance to preach his word. Because to me, one of the greatest honors in the world is to be able to preach the gospel of Christ. Because that is a honor beyond honors. It's an honor that go, you know, you could be president of the United States, that, that is not honorable compared to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when we do, it's a great responsibility. We must tell the truth. We will be held accountable, especially preachers. And each and every one out there is actually a preacher, you know. But you and I are going to be held accountable because we are held accountable in telling the truth. And that's why this morning we're praying that God, uh, the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth and um, to spirit and into truth. Um, so Shanita, what do we, do we have anybody uh, on? Uh, Christina has shared that Jesus saved me from kidney failure when the hospital could not. Wow. Praise God. And when did this when did this happen? Maybe Christina, you'll tell us. Yeah, Christina, how long ago did that happen? Uh, let us know. We always want to know about miracles. You know, it's one thing to pray for a miracle, Shanita, but then when God actually performs a miracle, mm -hmm. we need to be able to tell people. It's our obligation. It's it's our responsibility to tell people how God, how miraculous God is, and how wonderful uh, he is. So again, I wanna tell you guys, we are on uh, YouTube this morning, we're on Facebook, we're on davidhevener.tv. Um, if you're with us on davidhevener.tv, I really appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't, go there now and subscribe. I gotta get my coffee here, thank you very much. Oh, we're low here, but uh, having my ca caffeine this morning. But, um, and we talked about uh, uh, drinking coffee on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, people go, well, you know, it is a drug. But, you know, God made, Shanita, God made the coffee bean. And here's my question this morning. If God made something, is it okay to take in moderation? All right. And I want to hear you guys out there. Is it okay to take in moderation? I know some people are going to bring up marijuana. 
because it grows so we can take it in moderation. I wanna hear what you have to say about that. This isn't what we're gonna be talking on this morning, but I will t tell you in these last days, and I said this five years ago on the Lisa Haven show, that the church will embrace uh, pharmaceutical drugs. They will embrace marijuana. I'm talking about the apostate church, not God's tr true church, not his true, but, but the church system, the apostate church system will embrace uh, drugs to the point where they'll get into mind-altering drugs telling you that it's going to help you connect with God much easier, okay? Uh, they will marry Big Pharma. Uh, of course, Big Pharma's government. Ch the church has to marry the government in order uh, for this uh, one world religion, this, uh, this new world order to kick in, okay? Uh, which will lead to depopulation and the whole thing. But my question is, if God makes it, are we okay to take it, all right? And we're gonna be, I wanna hear your uh, comments uh, there. I know that God made the coffee bean and I know that I'm drinking some coffee this morning. However, I know, also know that God allowed marijuana to grow, but you will not see me uh, toking on marijuana on this show or on any show or ever, okay? Um, and I'm gonna share with you uh, why that, why I'm convicted between marijuana and coffee, okay? Marijuana is a mind-altering drug. Now, coffee is a stimulant. It is, does not alter your mind. It does not alter your train of thought. It might make you more vibrant. It might wake you up. It, it do all that, but it does not alter your train of thought, your thought process. So anything, anything that you take that alters your mind, because you and I have the mind of Christ, anything that you take that alters that is a no-go. It should not be touched by the child of God. It should be avoided at all cost when it alters your thinking, because you and I have the mind of Christ, okay? Now, there's certain pharmaceuticals people are on to get them over anxiety for a period of time. I'm not gonna go into that because I know that that will calm you down. I know that you know, there's certain things that'll, that'll help you through anxiety moments. I, I, I'm not gonna condemn you for it. I'm not gonna get into that. I will say that you have to pray and ask God, God, is this a drug I, I should be taking, okay? And that's for any drug. I was having heartburn problems, really bad heartburn, Shanita, you know, for years. And my mother, who's gone to be with the Lord now, she had taken these pills for heartburn. It was like Nexium or something, you know. And I started taking them, and God convicted me. He said, you can get over this naturally, David. And I was convicted, and he was right. I got over it naturally, so I quit taking that drug. So we have to go to God when it comes to pharmaceuticals because there's some out there that can really help us, and there's some out there that can really hinder us. Okay, uh, anybody with anything to say? Well... Christina agrees. She tried cannabis and Jesus said no. He was going to show her the drugs or, you know, the, the means he had to heal her. Right, exactly. Christina said that. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Christina. Uh, thank you for being honest. She said she tried cannabis, marijuana. God convicted her, said no, that's a no-go. Don't touch it. Even though it is natural, God allowed it to grow. See, 
There's a difference between when God allows something to grow, that's different than when God grows something because he wants us to put it in our body. You have to understand there is a big difference, okay? Uh, so we need to understand as God's people what we're supposed to be putting in our body. Uh, before I get into it, any, any other comments or? Pastor Lee is sharing the testimony of how she has stopped her blood pressure meds and actually her blood pressure has been better than ever. Wow, awesome. So, and the way you talked about people take drugs to get closer to God, well, that was the lie the devil used back in the 60s. Oh, yeah. Has the devil do anything new? No, we just need to be aware no. of his schemes. Oh, yeah. Well, they did that back, uh, you know, before and after and during the days of Jesus. I mean, the Romans did all that. And by the way, you can use food. Food was created by God, but you can use that as a drug. So anything that is abused is also a no-go, all right? So we're not to abuse anything that God made. Um, all right, let's talk about who's in heaven. Who is in heaven and who's going to heaven? You might be surprised. When we get to heaven, we look around and we see people that we never thought would be in heaven, and we'll look around for people we thought would be in heaven, but they never showed up. They're not there. Because we judge with a human mind. But we must understand we have the mind of Christ. We must see spiritually, not religiously. See, people think, oh, uh, I can see, um, you know, uh, based on scripture and based on, you know, this and this. No, I'm talking spiritually. Now, when I say based on scripture, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit has to guide you through scripture, has to lead you through scripture, has to, has to take me through scripture and unveil what he wants me to know because too many people are just reading scripture and yet they don't have the Holy Spirit guiding them. So we are to look at people through spiritual eyes. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. You know, Shanita, my mother went on to be with the Lord about two months ago. And I know your mom and dad go to church religiously all the time. Uh, your dad was a pastor and you went to church when you were younger all the time, right? And so did my parents, but they quit going. And I don't know what your parents are like, but mine quit going when I was about 17, 18 years old. Maybe, I don't know what happened. Uh, and they never did really go back to church. So my mom spent most of her life not going to church, but she did accept Christ. She told me when she was 14, she accepted Christ. But I want to use my mom as an example. Now, your mom and dad go to church all the time. My mom, and, my mom didn't go to church much at all. And many people might look at my mother and go, well, she may not be a candidate for heaven, all right? And I'm not gonna speak to you because she's my mother. I have to divorce myself from that because I come to you spiritually as a pastor and I have a responsibility, I believe, to speak the truth. However, you see, when we look at someone like my mother that never went to church, and then you might look at someone like my wife's mother and father who go to church all the time, and I'm just using them as an example. They're great, great people. You might say, because they go to church all the time, chances are it, it's a better bet that they're going to heaven than my mother who didn't go to church at all. But let me explain something to you. One of the reasons my mother did not go to church is because she was disenfranchised. She despised 
the, the, the hypocrisy of the modern day church. Now, she didn't understand this like you and I do. She didn't really understand it was an apostate system that the Antichrist has hijacked it, taken it over. She just looked at a bunch of Christians going to church, uh, you know, doing this thing in church, walking out and living like hell, right? Or floating on some cloud somewhere. My mother said, look, I'm a real person, David. I live a real life. And what was that real life? She would take the shirt off her back and give it to you and do anything she could do. And people loved her, not because she was my mother. If I have to speak honestly, I've got to intentionally pull myself back. But she was always thinking of the other person. Folks, listen to me. My mother had the principles of living like a Christian. She didn't wear the, the, put on the Christian suit and do the Christian, quote, thing. But she lived it. And my question is, What's it going to look like in heaven when we look around and we think we're going to see most of the church population in heaven and they're not going to be there, but we're going to look at an ex-prostitute, an ex-drug dealer, an addict, and we're going to say, you, have, you are in, you are a child of God, you are in heaven for eternity. Thief on a cross. There were two thieves on each side of Jesus. One thief was mocking him. You say you're the son of God? Really? You say you're God? Well, if you're God, why don't you get off this cross and go do something? But then you had the other thief on the other side of Jesus. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, excuse me, shut up. This man, talking about Jesus, this man is innocent. You and I, we deserve to be in hell. Just shut up. This is a perfect picture of heaven and hell. There's a reason that the last moments that the Son of God, that God himself, allowed us a view into this scene of the thieves on the cross, the two thieves on the cross. There's a reason, and this is what we're going to talk about today. This is an example of who's in heaven, who's in hell. He said, David, well, obviously the thief that took up for Jesus He's in heaven, you're right, because he said at that last moment, that last split second, will you remember me? Jesus, would you, will you remember me, a sinner, someone who has done so many bad things, someone that doesn't deserve to be in paradise? Would you, could you remember, remember me? And Jesus said, from this day on, you, you will be with me in paradise. You will have, from this moment on, you will have eternal salvation. Even though you lived a life of hell, even though you were separated from me, even though you rejected me at the last seconds, at the last moments of your life, you accepted me, you will be with me in paradise for eternity. This is why, folks, we can never 
ever really know if someone is going to be in heaven or not. Because we don't know what happens in those last seconds of their life. We don't know how God deals with people at the last breath that they take. See, that thief that accepted Christ, that's you and I. Oh, wait, David, well, I accepted Christ, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old. Well, God bless you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. But some people won't. Some people will not accept Christ to the, perhaps the last breath they take. Do we understand it? No, we don't understand it. But is it a truth? It is a truth. But who was that other thief? Who was the one that mocked Jesus? You said, David, that, that was the drug dealer. Or that was the pimp. That was, you know, uh, just the worst sinner in the world. Excuse me. You ever noticed, I don't know, Shanita, you ever, have you ever seen anyone... Are you guys out there, I'm going to ask you, you ever see anyone that doesn't know the Lord? You know, they're an atheist or, you know, drug dealer, pimp, whatever. I mean, I've seen it, but it doesn't happen a lot. And they go, oh, David, this God of yours. Oh, this, you know, this Jesus guy. This, you know, I don't hear that from these people because they don't want to talk about it. The reason they don't want to talk about it is because they're living in sin. They don't even want to bring God up. Now, sometimes they will. I'm not saying it never happens. But I will tell you, if you talk to a religious person, someone that thinks they have a, a, a marketplace on God and they have God all in a box wrapped up and you try to tell this religious person the truth, they will mock God. They'll mock the true living God because they think they have the real God. So they will tell you Everything about your actions, your thought process, your ways of worship, how crazy you are, how radical you are, how wrong you are. This was the other thief. This was not the drug dealer. This was not the, uh, the pimp. This was the religious system. It's an example of the religious system, the apostate church system, mocking God. Mocking God. Say, really? Yeah, let's go to John 18, 19, 24. John 18, 19, 24. And, I, you know, here, here's what really bothers me is when you get these versions of the Bible and they have these headings on here, it says the high priest questioned Jesus. This is not about the high priest questioning Jesus. This is about man coming against the God of the universe. This is a... Well, let's read it. John 18, 19, 24. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. The high priest? This is a religious situation, Shanita. This is not a government situation. It's a high priest, right? High priest of the Jews, right? Sanhedrin, Pharisees. Verse 20. Of verse 19, meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about the, his disciples and his teaching. Wanted to know, what are you teaching? Jesus said, I have spoken openly to the world. 
I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Jesus said, ask those who heard me. Surely they will know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? Is this the way you answer the high? Let me tell you something. Official, is this the way you treat God? You see, the government will side with the religious system in these last days, and they will slap you when you start telling the truth. Just like in Last Evangelist, episode one. It's about Bibles are illegal. But there's an amnesty program. You can turn in your Bible and take the government Bible. Well, what's in the government Bible or what's not in the government Bible? Well, they took out the book of Revelation. They took out all the prophecies. They took out Matthew 24. Anything that will expose the Antichrist, they took it out. That's in episode one. If you haven't seen it, it only airs on davidhevener.tv. Please go sign up and watch Last Evangelist episode one. It, It will be enlightening. And you can send it, uh, you know, call people and ask them to sign up to um, please uh, help support the ministry. Jesus is standing there, the high priest, the religious, the Six Flags over Jesus, uh, the head of the Six Flags over Jesus committee, asked Jesus, well, tell me what you're preaching let me, let me bring this down to you and I. Uh, David, why don't you tell me what you're talking about? What, 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 what is it that you're saying about God that you say is true? Well, I'm saying that, uh, you know, you're going to go to hell and everybody in your regime, unless you repent. Uh, I'm telling you that uh, families will turn against one another. I'm telling you there will be a a, a one world religious system, a new world order. I'm not telling, it's all in the Bible. Wham, they slap you because they don't want you telling the truth. They, they slap me. They do not want me to tell, tell the truth. They will censor you. They will laugh at you. They will ridicule you. They will tell you how radical and how crazy you are. Folks, do you see what's going on? But then to slap God. Verse 22, when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. How in the world could anybody title this, they questioned Jesus? How in the world? It's disgusting. Put in there, they slapped God in the face. And this is an NIV. It makes me want to throw this thing against the wall. See, but they don't want to do that because they don't want to offend people. Because they don't want to tell the truth. So the Official says, is this the way you answered the high priest? He demanded. Verse 23, if I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what it is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Aeneas sent him bound to Cephas. Cephas, the high priest. Folks, they're gonna smack you in the face. They are smacking you in the face. They're smacking me in the face. Every time they censor you, every time they tell you that you cannot say what it is God has laid on your heart to say. Sexual perversion, saving babies, 
So who's in heaven? Let's keep going. I don't need up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have a question on that yeah. topic. So, if someone's gay, they'll go to heaven. You right. said if, like, on their deathbed, they repent. Is that what you mean? Or understanding that correctly? Yeah, let, let, let me back up a little bit. That's, I'm glad you asked the question. Somebody, who was it that Harriet. asked that question? Who? Thank you, Harriet. Harriet, Harriet, you asked the question, if you are gay, but you repent the last few seconds of your life, you're gonna go be with the Lord. If it's true repentance, if it's truly coming to God and, real, and, and saying, Father, I understand I cannot get to you unless I go through your son, Jesus. He died on the cross for me, absolutely. Salvation is for everyone. But I want to back up and I want to tell you a little story. We had a member of our family just this past couple of days, right, Shanita? Mm-hmm. She's getting married. She got married yesterday, actually. She got married to a girl. Member of our family. She, she's gay. Everybody was heartbroken. Everybody, and I was. When I heard it, I'm going, oh, Lord, stop this. Help this poor gal. Show her the way. And God spoke to me. He says, what in the world are you doing? I said, well, I'm praying. He said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. And I'm telling you, God revealed this to me. He said, David, the closer she gets to darkness, the deeper she falls in sin, there's a better chance she's going to turn to me. She's going to know who I am. David, it's good to pray for her, but first pray for those that are lukewarm, those that think they know me, those that think they have a marketplace on me, talking about God, pray for them. Because didn't Jesus say, I'd rather for you to be hot or cold, but you're not, you're lukewarm, therefore I will spew you out of my mouth. Well, lukewarm, and I'm going to take a little license with this, I believe were people that knew God, knew of God, because how in the world could you be in God's mouth? He rejected, they became lukewarm. He spewed them out, he vomited them out. But you see, someone like the family member who doesn't know the Lord, I assume she doesn't. Raised in the faith. Yeah. Attends church. As far as I know. It gets married to a, a girl, gets married to a girl, gay. I believe one day God's going to use that. God, they're going to see what happens when you're in sin. You're tormented. You're tormented. And the, the lie of the enemy is you feel like if you go to church and you're religious, you may not be tormented. You really are, but it's like a rock in your shoe. You don't feel it after a while. It's the worst torment in the world because you know you're lukewarm. So it's not the drug dealers, the prostitutes, the pimps. It's the people that go to the Six Flags over Jesus Church. It's the lukewarm. Those are ones that not only are they going to hell, but they're dragging people with them. 
You see, being gay, there's no special category to God. Oh, well, you are gay. You fall in this special category. No, it's sexual sin, folks. It's sin. It's sin. Just like, you know, taking cocaine, taking drugs. There's no special category for that. As opposed to eating too much food and drugging yourself out on chocolate chip cookies and milk, which is what I did most of my life. Sugar. My, my drug was sugar. I could, that's just as bad as cocaine. Because if I didn't have it, I would walk the floor. And we'll be praying for those tonight. You know, last uh, Sunday, Shanita, we had a real revival here. Yes. We prayed for over 50 people. And I'm praying that this morning we're going to have that same revival. But how can you have a revival if you don't have repentance? And I said before, when they took the altars out of churches, which they have, well, they didn't need the altars because the preachers stopped preaching repentance. Oh, they will say, right where you are, if you accept Christ, fill out this card. We want to know who you are. We'll send you a letter. Oh, they'll do that because it sounds good and it's not very offensive. But to say you are a sinner and if you're a sinner, you will go to hell unless you repent. Do not leave here today. And let the Holy Spirit move and guide on people's hearts. Right where you are, except Christ. Step out of the aisle, come up here. Doesn't mean you have to come up. It doesn't mean you have to kneel up here, but it's an act of obedience, an act of faith. It's telling people, look, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, therefore the gospel is not ashamed of me. That's why people, Shanita, went forward years ago. They would go in front of the world and say, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I cry out to God. I'm about as down as a person could be. And they go up front and they kneel and they cry in tears, years of tears of pain and agony and separation from God just comes out and God touches their heart. And there's a transformation. But not anymore. It's like microwave repentance. It's repentance in a microwave. You pop it in, you press a couple of buttons, leave it in for 10 seconds, and it'll heat you up as a little Christian, right? Yeah, I can smell religion. Why? I can smell religion. It's B.O. I'm gonna call it S.O., spiritual odor. And it's not, doesn't smell sweet, it stinks. And I can smell it when I'm around a religious person. I'm talking about a person that doesn't know God. All they know is scripture, Bible thumpers, uh, going to church, doing things, saying, I mean, they, they don't really know God. And you can tell. You can tell by the way they look at you and tell you how crazy you are. Or they don't look at you at all. But I can smell them. Why? Because they have not had a spiritual bath probably ever in their life. Some maybe had repented, but since then, years ago, they stopped taking a spiritual bath. And what is the spiritual bath? It's a repentance. There's repentance unto salvation, and there's a daily repentance, hourly, every moment, as we repent because each day we sin. 
But the churches aren't preaching repentance now. Therefore, they have a stench. It's a spiritual odor. It's a religious odor. R.O., I'll call it R.O., religious odor. How about that? But we, we come here every Sunday, you and I, and we ask God to cleanse us. First of all, we admit that we are sinful. Oh, David, I'm, I've been saved. Once saved, always saved. You didn't read the part in the Bible where I don't sin anymore? No. Is that the government Bible you're talking about? Let's go to Luke 7, 36, 50. Luke 7, 36, 50. We do not want to be where the disciples were in this. Luke 7, 36, 50. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. She stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet, Jesus' feet, with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. Them what? Them feet. You see, she understood she was a sinful woman. Well, David, she should. Maybe she was a prostitute. It doesn't matter whether you repent unto salvation or you're repenting because of the sin of bitterness, the sin of unforgiveness, the sin of addiction, which happens every day. Folks, we need to be that woman. We need to bring our best to him, that perfume that's so expensive. We need to be, uh, tears need to flow. God, I've fallen short. God, you love me. I don't deserve you, but I know that you love me. And I know that I can come to you because you are my father. And I can trust you by telling you everything. And as our tears fall, it falls on the feet of, of Christ. And then we take a part of our body, which is the hair, and we wipe his feet. Pour perfume on him, expensive perfume. Verse 39, but when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Folks, when you go to repent, if you go to a, a, a regular church, a church system, and you stand up and you say, I'm an addict, would you pray for me? I'm a, I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic, I got a problem with food, would you pray for me? Chances are they will usher you off in a room somewhere. It's too embarrassing, what, we don't need this. Why? Because other people have the same problem and we don't wanna talk about it especially the ones that write the big fat checks. Jesus had answered him, said, Simon, I have something to tell you. His disciple. Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly. Jesus said, folks, the more in sin you are, the more you are forgiven. 
But it doesn't stop there. Listen to this. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from that time, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Religious person, you have not done any of this for me, but the sinful person, look what they've done. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. Folks, when we repent, our great love is shown to God. Then he says this, but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. See, there is no way to love people if we do not repent. It is impossible. Jesus said this. I'm going to paraphrase. It's impossible for you to, be, to repent little, to be forgiven little of your sins and love a lot. It is impossible. So who do you want in heaven with you? Someone who loved a lot or someone who loved little? Well, if you want someone who loved little, you've got a bunch of religious people. Because they think they're okay. They don't need to be forgiven that much. Therefore, they love little. But if you want people that love much, love a lot, be prepared to look around at the array of sinners that have repented and come clean. Because that's who you will see in heaven. Jesus said there, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this? Who, who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, folks, when we have faith enough to repent on a daily basis, continually, especially in a corporate body where we're not afraid what other people are going to say, when we have that kind of faith, when we're not ashamed, that faith saves you. That faith saves me. David, does it save into salvation? Well, I'm not going to get into that. And why would you ask that question? It saves you. Whether it saves you into salvation, it saves you day at a time. It saves you. It keeps you out of living like hell on earth. We've got to stop the semantics. Repent. Turn away. This is when the addictions will leave. This is when the anxiety leaves. This is when the unforgiveness leaves. This is when the bitterness begins to leave. When we leave it at the altar. Leave it at the altar. So who's in heaven? The ones who love much. And who has loved much? The one that was forgiven much. You see, folks, you may have a loved one that, went, that passed away, whether it was 50 years ago or yesterday. And you may have been asking yourself this whole time or saying to yourself, there's no way this person could be in heaven. I will, I will never see them again. But, but we need to back up. 
And we need to see with spiritual eyes. We don't know. Jesus showed us an example of how someone in the last moments of their lives with the thief on a cross can turn from living like hell, turn to Jesus and say, will you remember me in paradise? Never say never. On the other hand, do we need to pray for those that think they know the Lord, but they're lukewarm? Because they think they're going to heaven. You see, a sinner, a prostitute, a pimp, someone that's separated, they know they're not going to heaven unless they accept Christ. They know that. They will tell you that. But not a religious person. They will never tell you that. The Holocaust did a show on it last week. And there's a little story, I'm going to paraphrase it. As the train went by, carrying the Jews, over six million Jews murdered, exterminated by demons, Hitler, the demons of Germany. As the train went by, carrying men, women, and children, babies, it went by this church on a Sunday. And the people in the church, the congregation, knew that train. They knew that that train was headed for a concentration camp where people would be in labor or people would be exterminated. They knew that. But instead of doing anything about it, instead of even praying about it, they would just sing louder. They would sing to the point they couldn't hear the train go by. Folks, you and I, we do not want to be that church. We want to know when a train goes by. We want to know when it goes by. We want to know why it goes by. We want to know who's in it. We want to stop the train. We want to go to the Father in Jesus' name with the power that we have in us and drive the demons of hell out of that train. There should never be another Holocaust happen. And the Holocaust of babies should be shut down like that. And if we use the power of God in us, the authority that we have, it would be. Not if you're a spiritual zombie. Somebody said, Dave, why don't you make a movie about the church? I said, you mean the apostate church? I said, I've made movies. I've made zombie movies. That's all they are, zombies. See, zombies are in the church. They're not, they, they have no brain. They've been, you know, brainwashed, mind control. The Antichrist has control of them. But they don't stop there. They have to eat people. You know, when zombies eat people, Shanita, they, the people they eat turn into zombies. And this is the danger. Is you got these six flags over Jesus churches selling tickets to come in and join the, uh, you know, go on the rides and eat the cotton candy uh, Jesus over there. And they're sucking people in every day. Call them spiritual zombies. Episode two, we're making episode two, the uh, last evangelist episode two, and it's on the uh, virus, it's on the vaccine. I play John Rhodes, a cop. I have to deal with all this. Shows what's coming. If you'd like to be part of Last Evangelist, go to lastevangelist.com. Pray for us, donate if you would, to help us make episode two. You can be an actor. Producer, Shanita, you can be an actor. If you go donate, I'll put you in as an actor. 
You don't want to be as an actor. The you go, reason you married me is because I wasn't an actor. You say, I'll pay you if you don't put me as an actor. I always, yeah. in my movies in the years, an actor wouldn't show up. And I would always go to my wife and say, honey, would you come and just, you know, stand here and say these lines? And she'd go, oh, but thank you for doing that throughout the years. I won't ask you again. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'll be busy picking. Okay. Uh, you any Huh? You ready for a question? Yep. Okay, so Victoria says, when I get scared, I have a major panic attack and then end up blaspheming with my mouth. I'm spewing words and what is wrong with my heart to, to spew that out? Uh, Victoria said that? Mm -hmm. Okay, Victoria, this is a demonic presence, okay? I believe you're a Christian. Yes. Um, I believe that you have demons around you. But Victoria, listen to me. You also have angels around you. So I want you to wake up every morning and throughout the day and I want you to, to look around at your angels and say, thank you, God, for my angels. They're here to protect me. So when you have an anxiety attack, a panic attack, just look at it as if a demon is attacking you, as if someone's standing there with a hammer beating you over the head. You turn to your angel and you say, attack. Metaphor. But you have angels protecting you, okay? So this is what I do. I look spiritually. And I go, I'm protected. God is protecting me. And if I have to, I will, in the name of Jesus, demon, you're out of here. But you see, Victoria, usually, because we have a history of anxiety in our family. My sisters have had panic attacks. I don't know that I've had panic attacks, but I've certainly had anxiety. What that is, is your subconscious is trying to deal with something. It's some problem, and it's huge, usually. Well, I mean, you perceive it as being huge. So do I. And it can't resolve it. So what it does, it spills over into your conscious mind. And your conscious mind just can't take it. It's like putting water in a, in a balloon, and it just burst. So bam, you have an anxiety attack. You don't know why it happened. You don't know where it came from. A lot of times, it, it just, boom, it hits you. It's your subconscious trying to deal with something. It can't deal with it, and it spills over into your conscious mind, all right? So we need to find out what is in your subconscious mind that needs to be dealt with. And the way, the best way to do that is through repentance. When you come to the altar, like this morning, you kneel, ask God to anoint you, to cleanse you. He could actually remove that, that major thing going in your, on in your subconscious. Or he will reveal to you what it is so you can deal with it, you see? So it's a process of things. You gotta use these tools, but you have to use them in a spiritual way, not just go to a psychiatrist, pump yourself with some drugs and listen to them tell you how to breathe. You know, and breathing's not a bad thing. You're welcome, Victoria. Breathing's not a bad thing. Breathe in, breathe out. But when you breathe in, breathe the Holy Spirit in. Breathe, breathe the evil out, okay, if you're going to breathe. Holy Spirit in. You got God in you. Breathe the evil out. Now, you know you have God in you. I'm using an example here. So there's nothing wrong with breathing, and in some cases it can actually do you good. But don't depend on breathing and pills, because it's never really going to get you out of the hole, all right? Any other questions? Well, um, Funky had a question, and Funky's question is... If people have taken that um, unapproved medical procedure, 
can they still accept Jesus? Yeah, I think what she's saying, and we gotta be careful how we say this, it's an unapproved uh, by Christians medical procedure to fight viruses. Uh, if, if you've already taken, it's in your blood, can you be saved? I, absolutely. There is nothing other than blaspheming the Holy Spirit, you cannot be saved. There's nothing in the Bible that says if you take something and put it in your body, it's over, it's done, it's finished. Now, if you're talking about the marked beast, that's a different story, but we're not talking about that. It's a door that, that leads to it, but we are not talking about that. You see, it's all in the blood. Life is in the blood. And what's in your blood is not as powerful as what's in the blood of Jesus. When you stand on the blood of Jesus, your blood can be transformed. Anything can be transformed in your body. Your blood can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I believe that. Don't let anybody tell you it's too late. Don't let anyone tell you it's too late. Would I suggest repenting? Yes. Say, Father, I'm sorry out of ignorance or out of fear. It's okay, repent. Tell God the truth. He will heal you. He will restore you. And when he does, it will be a great witness to people. All right. Uh, I'm going to sing. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And we're going to do prayer request. Um, and uh, God gave me a song about the thief on a cross. Um, should, you just, should I do thief on a cross? The song that God gave me, it's called, We're All Just Thieves on a Cross. Three men hung up on a cross. Their hands and feet nailed to the boards. Hey, Jesus, one man yelled, ha! Why don't you save yourself? Save us too, since you claim to be the Lord. The other man said, shut your mouth. It's plain to see he's done wrong. But as for you and I, we're thieves. We deserve to die. In hell is where we both belong. Then he said, Jesus, will you remember me? In your kingdom way up high Jesus raised his head He looked at him and said From this day on you'll be with me in paradise we're all like thieves upon a cross Blinded by sin, we'd be 
wretched and lost When Jesus died, he paid the cost He died for you and me this song I just wrote one verse and then God gave me this last verse I want to I want to sing it for you because it's someone that I never thought would be in heaven the young man finished his last supper as they took him from his cell said to him God can forgive your sins the young man said I'm dirty preacher I deserve to burn in hell that preacher told him about Jesus Washes dirt away as they strapped him to the chair. The young man said a prayer as he looked up to heaven. Tears ran down his face and he said, Jesus. Jesus, will you remember me? In your kingdom way up high Right there on death row The devil lost another soul Cause Jesus wrote that young man's name into the book of life. Yeah, we're all like thieves upon the cross. We'd be blinded by sin. Yeah, wretched and lost. When Jesus died, he paid the cost He died for you and me He died to set us free We're all like thieves upon a cross God has spoken to you this morning. He said, David, I'm a thief on a cross. And I want to spend eternity with the Father. And I'm believing, I'm believing that Jesus died for me on the cross. And I'm willing to follow all the days of my life. If God's speaking to you right now,
congratulations. You have eternal salvation. You say, David, I accepted Christ many years ago, but I'm not repented. I've not repented for past sins. And I'm ready to come forward. I'm ready to get on my knees. I'm ready for that altar. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you because we're all just thieves on a cross. We're all like thieves upon a cross. Right where you are, you can get on your knees. Ask God to forgive you. Blinded by sin. Unforgiveness. Wretched and lost. Bitterness, jealousy, hatred. Jesus came, he paid the cost. He died for you and me. Don't you see? We're all like thieves upon the cross. Ooh. We're all like thieves upon the cross. Perhaps you've been the religious thief, the one that mocks Jesus. time to come, come clean. And what does that mean, David? That means that when we don't understand and we don't use the power that was transferred to us to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to drive out demons, then we're mocking the living God. Because he sent his son to walk the face of the earth to transfer that power to you and I. I want you to send your prayer request that we're going to be praying for you. Father, we approach the throne with many souls today. Souls that are in bondage. Souls that are hurting, broken. But we come to you just as we are. We're praying, Lord, that you'll wash us clean. And we repent for not repenting. We repent for not repenting. We repent for not crying and letting our tears wash your feet. And washing your feet with our hair. Bowing to you. Showing you the respect that you deserve. We come to you, Lord, just as we are. Shanita, what prayer request do we have? I'm praying for Sunshine's nephew, Doug. Sunshine's nephew, Doug. And we're giving praise for the deliverance that he's given to Christina in all the areas, spiritually, physically, and health. We're praying for Chris's tooth and jaw pain. Okay, Chris's pain. 
we have any more prayer requests? For Lena. Pray for Lena, Lord. We lift Lena up. Victoria. And Victoria. We come to you, Lord, each and every one of us with our hurts, our addictions. Fathers, we step into your presence. I'm praying for each and every one of us that are in bondage. That there's something that controls us more than more than your Holy Spirit. Father, I'm asking right now that that you can touch each and every person as we stand around your throne, as we cry and as our tears wet your feet, that you comfort your children. We repent, Father. We repent. And we stand on the blood of Jesus. I'm praying for the person and the many people out there that have put things in their body thinking that it's going to cure something. Whether it's a vaccine, whether it's drugs. We repent, Lord, that we didn't turn to you first, the great physician. God, would you touch our bodies? Would you heal us? Would you take us back to the way you created us? That no medicine can come against a child of God. Father, we bring our sicknesses, our diseases to you. We thank you for this healing that you're giving your people. We give you our jealousy, our bitterness, our hatred our anxieties. And Father, we stand in the place of our loved ones and of our friends that don't know you. We're asking for a great miracle, Lord, that you could touch their hearts. And right now, they're feeling a presence of you right now around them. We're believing in the gift of salvation. We pray for the house, for each and every home of each and every person with us this morning. For protection, for comfort, for guidance. And Father, as many right now, I'm believing across the world that are on their knees right now as we gather together, and you're performing miracles in their lives as you wash them clean. We come against any addiction. Satan, you have no right to God's children. In the name of Jesus, we command all demons to leave the demon of addiction, the demon of hatred, the demon of bitterness, the demon of jealousy, the demon of anxiety. The demon of religion, you are gone. You are gone back to hell. You will not return to God's people. We're all like thieves upon the cross. We'd be blinded by sin 
we'd be wretched and lost. But you see, when Jesus came, he paid the cost. He died for you and me. We must remember that. He came to set us free day by day. We're all like thieves upon a cross. I love you guys. I appreciate you all. I pray for each and every person out there. If you'd like um, prayer to be prayed for, send me an email at admin at davidhavener.tv. We want to pray for you. We have over 600 prayer warriors. Just remember that we're all like thieves on a cross on a daily basis, that without the blood of Jesus, without repentance, without standing on the blood, folks, we're right back where we started. If you'd like to support the ministry, I, I say this every week because we can only come to you with your prayers and your financial support. Uh, I'd love for you to, if you could, you could go to davidhevener.tv forward slash give. Um, you can go to lastevangelist.com and donate to Last Evangelist. You can text the word CHOSEN to 91999 or call 844-806-0006. You can also buy the DVD, Eight Hours of Footage, of uh, people like, like Ray, Russ Dizdar, Urban Baxter, uh, L.A. Marzulli, and many, many more. On uh, This is on the Antichrist and the uh, One World uh, Government, uh, on Nephilim, on the alien disclosure on things that you're not gonna hear about in church. Uh, and then also we have the Last Evangelist DVD. Uh, you can watch it on davidhevener.tv. It's the only place, or you can buy this uh, for a donation. Uh, and then here's our book. This is a lot of what I talk about, uh, Hollywood Mind Control and SRA and Nephilim. And it's right here in this book. Um, and then I've got right here, we all need to, have this. This is how to use your true power, God's power in these last days. Okay. I teach a lot of what's in this book. Um, so I love you guys. Oh, hey, Shanita, don't, we got a new t-shirt coming out. Um, but uh, for those of you guys who don't have this one, this is the Legalized Jesus shirt, right? Legalized Jesus shirt. Folks, we got a Legalized Jesus, right? So Jesus is legal. Yes, he is legal. But when you wear it and they go, well, what is this, China? No, this is the United States. Um, Okay, before we sign off, anything else you need? Any other comments? Okay, I love you guys. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. David Hubner Live. Uh, we'll be talking about, uh, well, <laughs> let me tell you what. We're gonna be we've got someone on that does deliverance, but in a way that you've never seen before. And we're going to find out what the Catholic Church is up to. Let me dive in deep into that. Okay, I love you guys. Remember, you never really lived. He found someone, someone worth dying for. And that's Christ Jesus. All right. I love you all. God bless.